people know us for who we are and what we do and what we talk about. And if we are actually going to change ourselves completely, that means letting go of all of that stuff that we have become, that coat that we've worn, that, you know, that coat of discomfort. If it might be, you know, maybe that we've been a victim all our lives or whatever, you know, but we are and get attention from that sort of behaviour that we have around being a victim. But if we're wanting to step out of that victim mode and step into something that sheds that layer, you've got to then let go of that, let go of the attention that you would have probably got because of your behaviour and step into something that's unknown. And, you know, it depends on what age you kind of do it. I mean, it, it depends on what it comes down to how, how much you want to bring about that change. Hi, I'm Naomi Murphy and this is the Locked Up Living podcast where we talk with a wide range of people about harsh aspects of institutional life. We also explore some of the ways to overcome them and to grow and develop. I'm David Jones. So join us every Wednesday morning, six o'clock UK time for a fresh podcast. So today you're going to hear from Sarah Naylor. Um, Sarah is a fellow podcaster, hence our connection, and really delighted to have you on our show today, Sarah. Good to good to get the chance to speak with you. No, thank Welcome. you, thank you very much for having me on. And uh, yeah, it's great great to be here, great to meet you both. And uh, yeah, I'm Sarah J Naylor, and I'm uh, a well, I like to coin myself as the midlife success coach. I like helping midlife women rediscover themselves, or actually even perhaps discover themselves, and it really gets some sass in their ass if you like <laughs> to really propel themselves forward um, with uh, style and strength really because you know you get to that midlife point and it's kind of like well what's next or it's crossroads or where have I gone my life's changed how the heck did I get here you know where am I what's next and that's where I come in and I can help across careers and personal so personal professional combined and yeah do you know what life's for living and let's get on and enjoy it and if I can help as many people as I can rediscover that sort of oomph within them or discover it as I've said um all so much the better because actually if you're not aligned with your talents your passions your health's all out of sync as well so yeah anyway that's that's me I, I'm a coach <laughs> podcast host, as you said of harnessing happiness podcast and speaker author and businesswoman good very nice to meet you Sarah so I guess you haven't always done that what have you done here previously in your life oh crikey well if we go back to if we go back to dot <laughs> I actually started out my life in in cartography before sort of then heading down to London getting into computer graphics when that sort of sprung up all for a short space of time before returning back to Nottingham which is my sort of home city and um, having registered with a few recruitment agencies thought hmm this looks like the sort of thing that's right for me. Talked my way into a job and a career that's lasted 35 years in recruitment, uh, in addition to being a coach. Um, but interestingly, the going down the, the route of, I want to get out of recruitment in 2011, it took me down the qualifying as a coach trajectory. I can't say that word over so easily. Um, it's one of those like dynamism that I struggle with. Um, but yeah, I, I then got into um, coaching as well as, which then prompted me and helped me develop my own recruitment business in addition to my coaching practice and it's really yeah it's that core of everything that I do really it's helping people on their their journey through life be it career or personally or both or combination of so fascinating because you mentioned cartography and uh, and that's all about maps mm -hmm. and now you're talking about helping people map out their own lives 
Why, why did you give up the cartography? Oh, well, I mean, it's great. I worked for the British, Geolog British Geological Survey um, purely because it was in the village of Plyde and I've got O-level art and I got a job in cartography. And uh, do you know what? I actually really, really enjoyed the work. It was very detailed and it was creative. It pulled into that creative, creative side of me. But the pace was very, very slow. I'm, I'm a very sort of out there, up there, sort of liked to do things energetically and spending a lot of time in a quiet office looking at the clock and sort of realising it still wasn't coffee break kind of didn't fit with my, with me, really. I think, you know, I, I, I naturally realised I was out of alignment with my natural sort of energies. And that's when I, I said, I met my ex-husband actually at the time and we, went down to London because he he wanted a career in the music industry and I found myself a job via the job centre which had needed O-level art, a driving licence and prepared to travel. <laughs> that sounds like ticks all the boxes again and ended up at the, the, the um, as computer graphics were just taking off and demonstrating computer graphics equipment. But yeah, cartography was really interesting, you know, just working off maps that geologists had drawn and sort of doing all the the typesetting and laying things out, getting all that balance. Like I'm, a, I'm a big one for balance and getting things lined up and sort of sitting right and looking right and feeling right, you know? Um, so yeah, that's why I left it really, mm. because it wasn't pacey enough for me. I, I can see that, yes. <laughs> so, so moving on, it seems like much of your work is focused on helping people manage transitions. So what kinds of problems do people face in coping with transitions? think the biggest thing that people cope have to cope with is that change because people become familiar with who they are they become familiar with the story that they've been telling themselves or other people have been telling them and you know that cloak that they, they wear the one that they say they want to change actually in changing it and actually making those shifts taking action means they've actually got to step up and do something differently and that's not always ever so easy sometimes it becomes forced upon people and they have to do that as we know but invariably you know you, you hear that story oh well, I want to change I want to change but oh, are you going to do anything are you going to do anything about it in fact I've just uh, before coming on to record with you I had a, a text message from one of my coaching clients who I've worked with on and off over the last few years and it's interesting because she keeps on coming back with a very very similar story and I can only there's only a degree of how much you can work with somebody unless they start to step into yes I can help you but are you actually going to take action in what you're doing but it's that familiarity and that stepping out and actually then that self-belief that they can actually do it but obviously that's where as a coach you come in because you create that sort of environment to give them that support but and again you almost need to coach people into knowing investing in coaching is going to then help them move forward if they invest but they need to do that length of time to actually uh, to work through it because as you work through somebody and you handhold somebody through it then they can actually make those those changes because they've got someone to support them and you know coming back to what you've said the other thing I think is when somebody does want to bring about change if they haven't got the right support around them you know if the people around them are going to be critical, pull them down um, or not support them or come up with their own suggestions of, right, well, what you want to do is this, that, the other, or I don't think you should do that because that doesn't help. So it is, you know, it's about who you're around as well. And I think that is a biggie, you know, in terms of actually wanting to bring about change, because if you haven't got that support around you and you're pulled down and you're discredited, it's not going to be easy. In fact, it's probably going to be now and impossible without a real inner strength, you know, drawing upon that 
real inner strength. And if you, it depends on what point you're coming from, I think, in the first instance, as to whether you've got that, that you can really strive through it. Mm, yes, yeah, so circumstances plays a big part in, mm. in this. So I'm assuming from what you say that the kind of support that you give may well be directed at helping people manage those circumstances in their lives. Absolutely, because actually when you can help educate people to understand that the information that's potentially coming from a third party is their stuff, not their stuff, <laughs> if you see what I'm saying. It's not my client's stuff. If somebody's you know, projecting that onto them and transferring that over, it's, it's, it's putting those boundaries into place and understanding that's their stuff to deal with, it's not theirs, and they've got to really take that belief within themselves you know and that's where I come in as you know as a coach and holding that space for them to really sort of explore because actually we've all got the answers within haven't we we all know that it's having that it's being heard it's being listened to it's being supported it's not being ridiculed it's about that unconditional positive regard it's about that sense of being in a place where you can explore those options those thoughts what's going through your mind the plans and things like that and having that space that you've actually got whether it be an hour and half an hour or whatever time span you have got that is allocated to you to really truly explore because it, it's invaluable you know to actually have that time because in all reality how often do any of us actually say okay do you know what I'm going to take time out and just spend that time on me and if you've got that space you've bought and paid into that space or you've got it through other, other avenues use it explore it take it because it's just helps tremendously to have somebody who isn't telling you what to do somebody who's asking you the right questions who can help you facilitate those those ideas those thoughts those changes and to know that you, whatever idea you might have isn't to be ridiculed because it's you know the people that step into that sort of like this is what I want to do you believe in it you can make it happen and actually if it doesn't happen you can learn from what you've what you've done because you know, it's all about the journey. Coming back to that, it's all about the journey, not the destination at the end of the day anyway. It sounded, Sarah, like you were highlighting um, a problem around change that in, in coaching, but I think we also see in therapy that people's lives are often set up in ways that support them to be in a certain way and to have ongoing problems of a certain um a certain type and when people make change in therapy or coaching that actually that can become very uncomfortable within their personal relationships because the people they relate to might be invested in supposing someone was somebody who did quite a lot of people pleasing and avoided conflict for instance that actually if they suddenly start standing up for their opinion and putting their opinion forward more in an interaction that actually that's likely to lead to some conflict or tension so I guess the change does require people to know that there's it that that there could be ripples across the whole the whole relational network absolutely but you, it's about wanting to stand into that I, I guess I mean and I've talked actually from pre my personal experience in all in all honesty I mean through that my sort of life journey you know I, before the relationship well if I go back I was with with um, my ex-husband for 20 years and it wasn't until I left him that I realised he was a narcissist. And I managed to repeat some sort of my pattern of behaviour before I learnt my own lessons and ended up with um, somebody that was a very jealous man. But I, you know, I undertook lots of holistic therapies during that time. And at one point, you know, I got to the point myself of going, look, do you know, I don't know what it is 
I keep doing, but you've mentioned people pleasing. And I was always putting everything to do with him, relationship, everything first. I, I wasn't putting myself first. And I actually had some holistic EFT, emotional freedom technique. And I went to see the lady that I'd done this with before and done my Reiki with. And I said, look, I don't know what it is. I don't know why I'm doing that. And she said, well, look, if we do this, it could have an impact, a negative impact on your relationship. I said, I have to take that on board. I personally, I cannot continue with the way I'm behaving. I don't know why I'm <laughs> the way I am. I couldn't work it out, even with my, you know, the coaching tools and techniques that I've begun to learn at this point. I, I didn't, I didn't understand why I was doing what I did. And invariably, nine months later, the relationship broke down but it, it had to happen and I think you know for certainly for me drawing on that because I will draw on personal experience along with training and all sorts of things that I will bring into to share because I'm very much about sharing my um, experiences not telling anybody what to do but helping them understand that they're not alone that things can change but equally so when you do bring about these changes those people in your life things will shift people will move out of your life and you have to be aware of that and that will bring that will bring about change but you know a vacuum doesn't exist but it will enable you then to bring in and attract in people that are more aligned with who you are and who, who you have become in your life you know and people that won't sit with you and you can have a different relationship with because actually if you've spent all that time people pleasing and those people have got used to you behaving like that and if they want you to continue behaving like that they aren't going to fit into your life anymore but actually if they are happy with the new you they will stay with you they will stay on board they'll be delighted to see who you are because you, your true friends really want the best for you um and they're not going to tell you what to do they're just going to be supportive of you no matter what thank you sarah so just thinking about that personal example you gave us a moment ago do you think that our approach to major transitions or changes is influenced by the kind of role models we've been exposed to in our life yeah it's interesting actually I think um you know I'm, I'm sort of thinking of, of it across the board I mean you can so role models can be family members that can hold you back and can stop you from becoming the person that you're meant to be because they have different ideas and in fact I was only talking to somebody a couple of days ago about the relief that some people feel when <laughs> sounds awful but parents pass away and they've got that freedom to actually be be themselves at long last you know they have no longer mm. to worry about what they wear what they say what they do who they are in a relationship with because they haven't got to kowtow to um their parents I mean I think I, I probably didn't do that one actually <laughs> my mum said after I left my ex-husband I've been waiting for you to tell me 20 years that <laughs> but that's another story but yeah I think there's an influence there sort of parental one certainly and people can impact because actually as we know the first five the first seven years of your life are very much um learned behavior as you're sort of taking on board and absorbing all that's around you um but then you've also got that external pressure in today's world through social media of these sort of idealistic images that have been airbrushed or instagrammed to death to actually aspire to which are completely unrealistic and yeah i think it's important you can, you can see and uh, sort of see people and have role models but it's it's about understanding who you are and understanding we're all different. We're all unique individuals. And I don't know where this idea is that we've all got to have this sort of perfect Barbie doll pumped out image because do you know what? We're not. The beauty is in the, is, is in the difference. The perfection is in the imperfection, if you like. You know, it's about 
embracing all those kinks, wrinkles, whatever it is that makes us up as a person, not about ironing them all out until you've sort of got so much collagen in your face and pumped up this, that or the other on the sort of cosmetic front, or are likely to sort of pushing yourself down a career path to be something that your parents want you to be, which actually doesn't align with your talents and passions which again is what I've seen over the years. And as we know, if you're, trying, if you're trying to push through into doing something that's not you to please somebody else, it's never going to end up pretty, is it? Yeah, thank you. So while you were talking, I was thinking of water. Um, and you know how water um, may be ice and mm. it, needs, it needs an additional boost of energy to change into water. And then water needs an additional boost of energy to change into steam mm -hmm. do you think somehow that when people get stuck at these points these nodes of change that what they need sometimes need help doing is finding the sort of in, internal resources the internal energy to make that uh, that change yeah. If that makes any sense. No, it does. It was an interesting analogy, actually, because actually, when you think about it, we're all made up of that much water. It's about 80% water anyway, aren't we? So, <laughs> but yeah, actually, it's very, very true because I think if you want to bring about change, you're working with somebody that can help you navigate that. Absolutely, because it's it opens your eyes to other opportunities and, you know, exploring that. And if you've not experienced, if people are listening who haven't experienced working with the coach, right but it's about working with somebody that really you get they get together because there's this there's, we can go on to another topic of conversation altogether about the sort of the, the coaching boom um but that's to say a topic for another day but it's finding somebody that you can work with who's who is a good coach but that somebody can help you facilitate that change because it's about understanding what makes you tick and you might not know what makes you tick it but it's about exploring stuff and finding out and when you work with somebody who's a coach I, I know through just the stuff that I've done you know perhaps in relations to careers or life or what, whatever you you can what and you will you will both know you can sh see the shift change in people's physiology the tonality that it's just to to somebody that you're talking to they don't hear it or see it or feel it necessarily but once you reflect it back to them they go really yes well you're talking let's let's just use a really sort of basic <laughs> a basic sort of work-based something so if somebody's talking about working on spreadsheets and they're talking about working in accounts but then you start to talk to them about working with people and their voice goes up and it gets excited and you go well isn't that what you prefer to well yeah I thought about it like that before <laughs> you know, it's it's really can be very very eye-opening for people once things start to get reflected back because you're working with somebody that is a, a behavioral don't want to use the word expert that understands behaviors and changes and psychology and things like that it's it's yeah it's it, it helps people shift things along a gear I mean you wouldn't learn to drive without having a driving instructor so if you wanted to change your life why wouldn't you work with somebody that can help you change your life I think there's an interesting observation about how people how it's how it's reflected in people's physiology because I know uh, in the service I worked in, we used to um, video um, individuals when they came into the service whilst we did risk assessments with them. And I used to think that the parole board would be fascinated if they could see the, the contrast with what people look like at the start of treatment and how they looked five years later. You know, people whose eyes would be really hyper vigilant to threat within the environment, very drawn faces, looking very furrowed brown, very, very tense. And then at the end of treatment being 
much more at peace with themselves. And you could see that looking at them, that they were in a better a better place and thinking what what a difference it would make if we could if we could make use of those that, that kind of information yeah it's a shame that you can't and you haven't because yeah absolutely because it's it's, it's evidence isn't it it's actual actual sort of evidence it, you know, it's what you use in the court in the first place it's like look we have video evidence and it's like saying yes this is what it looks like before and this is how it is afterwards it's yeah, it's, it's amazing. I and mean, that's what I love about working, you know, as a coach and people come in and they sort of feel a bit like this. Then when they go out of a session, there's like this bounce in the step. And that's great. And that's what, you know, having worked in, in recruitment over the years and you know, you're being mindful of the part you're playing on somebody's life as well. And, you know, it's it's listening to and hearing and understanding what makes them tick and putting them in the right environment, the right company, because you've been able to see that, you know, that's why it's sort of all interconnected, really. It's, it's helping people on that that journey through life but it's being mindful and understanding and, and holding that space and being encouraging solution focused outcome thinking you know <laughs> just getting people to think differently and helping them understand sort of positive psychology and the way we speak the language we use and all of those things this it's just like the smallest things at times isn't it that can make the biggest biggest difference you shift change you use a reef a, a tool to reframe people's worlds can transform so what do you mean use a you say i think use a tool yeah use a, you just tools and techniques you know, like the, the power of the reframe so you know it's just helping somebody understand that instead of sort of constantly talking that negative chatter to understand that they can recognize when they start to have negative chatter and what, what it is they can do to anchor something in so right oh, oh gosh yes negative what can I think how can I reword that so instead of saying I don't want to do this think about what I do want to do instead so rather than actually verbalizing it speaking it writing it down having that trigger moment of going I can change that let's I've recognized because it's first of all it's understanding it then it's understanding how to recognize it then it's shifting it and then it's reframing it takes practice everything does doesn't it to 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 create those neuro-linguistic connection yeah. you know it's the the part of the neural pathways it's about getting that, that practice in so it keeps on doing it after that muscle memory um but yeah so even you know, just small things like well say it's small it it sounds small but it, it becomes massive because it has such a big impact as soon as you start to eliminate that negative speak and i have and i I think 95% of the time sort of ironed that out in my own mind. I'm not infallible. I still, you know, still get sometimes, come on, Sarah, use your, use your brain power. You know, what is it? Come on. But once you understand it, it's so powerful. Um, but you can reframe anything in life. You can, it's about perspective, isn't it? That's something um, that I wanted to talk to you. Oh, we'll happily share with you. So I coined my eight mindset methodology um, a couple of years ago, which is acceptance, perspective, and energy. So it's accepting what you can and you can't change, shifting your perspective and ch channeling your energy accordingly. So it's just quite a nice thing to remember because I like the idea of eight being to copy as well as to, yeah, so to copy, to mimic, but also it's um, easy to remember. Thank you. There are some of the examples that you gave us earlier sounded like a kind of um, welcome discovery. Um, but but obviously, for many people, change is quite frightening. Mm -hmm. Why? Actually, for most of us, change can be quite frightening. Um, why do you think that is? Well, I think we become, we are creatures of habit. And let's face it, at the end of the day, because we, the conscious mind only 
is it only it only is, is working on about what is it five to seven items of information the rest of it's all in the subconscious isn't it so you actually need things to be automatic don't you so we become we have to have that automatic pattern of behavior otherwise life would be very very difficult if we're constantly having to learn how to put one foot in front of the other and how to put <laughs> what have I got to do next because you need you need all of that and I think that's it you know we get so programmed into what is our way of behavior because it needs to be easy for us to be able to do all the other things but when we then have to when we we do need to change our behavior if well if, if we want to that is of course it depends whether you actually want to and it depends on how much you want to as to whether you actually then take those steps to bring about that change but i think it's because we we become that person people know us for who we are and what we do and what we talk about and if we are actually going to change ourselves completely that means letting go of all of that stuff that we have become that coat that we've worn that you know that coat of discomfort if it might be, you know maybe that we've been a victim all our lives or whatever you know but we are and get attention from that sort of behavior that we have around being a victim but if we're wanting to step out of that victim mode and step into something that sheds that layer you've got to then let go of that let go of the attention that you would have probably got because of your behavior and step into something that's unknown and you know it depends on what age you kind of do it I mean it it depends on what it comes down to how how much you want to bring about that change I mean when I think back about my own life I mean it's sort of ended up all happening around me I think I worked through a breakdown when I left my ex-husband but my life completely changed and I had to become I had to well I had to recreate my life I recreated it in a way and it's still being recreated now and I've had to become a creature of constant change and I think the world's become I think the new constant is changing the world and I think we've all had to adapt constantly consistently over the last three three years because of all that's been going on in the world but I think once you can identify that change is a constant then that constant becomes your constant so therefore you can hang change on it without it feeling like it's too much change does that make sense <laughs> yeah I think yeah I certainly think it does yes this idea of being ready to adapt to anything has certainly become a much more present fact of life than when I grew up and started working yeah I mean I think yeah I mean if I go back to my you know time in recruitment you know when I started out in recruitment 1987 you know people were in jobs for life you know they'd go to the likes of Rolls-Royce and they would start as an apprentice the family members were there and it would be a lifelong career but you know I think throughout my time working within that sector you know I've, I've seen manufacturing go overseas I've seen you know big I've worked through loads of different <laughs> recessions and I've seen that you know the manufacturing go overseas I've seen this the rise of the call centers I've seen the call centers go overseas I've seen we obviously we've had Brexit I've all the, the roles that I've recruited for which have been bilingual that people aren't now coming over here there's just always there's always stuff happening and change and I think if you can adapt to that and you can you can ride that out but you know if, yeah, I like to think that I do embrace change all the time but yeah I've been in my same house for 17 years and I'm still working in recruitment as well but you know I've layered on loads of lots of other things like with my coaching and podcasting and writing and authoring so I mean you know, I've brought that all in with a, with the idea of having different income streams but then I've got things I can choose from as well but you know it, 
if you don't want to change, you don't have to. But I do think change brings about new experiences and eye, you know, eye-opening stuff, things that you can then suddenly discover new passions about or things that you never knew that you might quite like that then will trigger that sort of journey if you choose to accept it. Because actually everything's being presented all the time. It depends what we want to achieve or what we want to do in life. But then it's recognising those opportunities that are being presented. And they might be presented in different ways to the ones that we think that we are expecting, I should say, um, that will take us down the track that we we ought to be going down. Because let's face it, life's not necessarily, doesn't always deliver what you think you want, but it usually delivers what you need. <laughs> and there's always, learning. there's always learning to be had from everything. So Sarah, you've, you've specialised particularly in supporting people who are making midlife transitions. Mm. Why did this appeal to you so much? I think because that's, that's me, really. Mm. You know, aged... 39 I left my ex-husband at the end of a 20-year relationship spent nine nine months back in my old bedroom with my my son and I have done just that I have recreated my life from being an, an employee for all that time to being a, a being a single mother to setting up and putting together a business plan to go self-employed in recruitment to training as a coach to Oh, this, the list is endless of the things that I've actually done since, you know, hitting midlife, because I've actually had that sort of freedom to really be me, to discover me, to really uncover what makes me tick, what brings me alive, to follow my you know, talents and my passions. There's still stuff I want to do now, and I get excited about life. And that's what I would, that's what I like to encourage other people. It's like, yeah, kids have grown up, or maybe you've not had kids, or you've just been in a career for like 20 odd years before. 30 years because you know that's what you were told that you needed to do because your parents told you that's what you should do because that's going to be a good safe career but actually it's about really engaging with who you are and that's what you know that's why I I love my life you know it, it, I sometimes think I wish I was earning a little bit more money but you know hey you know, don't we all at times but you know I, I really love my life you know I'm doing all the things in my life that I enjoy doing you know I go out running I do podcasts I've got control over my own Life, this stuff outside of my control which I've had to deal with and that again you know these things you know with Covid and Brexit and all sorts of things impacting recruitment and different things and I don't know the cost of living crisis in the UK at the moment it, it all impacts it's all out of my control but my behaviour is not out of my control so I can shift and change that according that's what I want to and that's what I love doing and helping other people it is understanding that it's it's about appreciation it's gratitude it's seeing what we've got it's you know loving what there is out there the simplistic things you know I went out running um a couple of weeks ago and it was all frosty outside and the beauty in actually being out in the countryside at the crack of sparrows and you know in the blue skies and and it's just it's free it doesn't cost you anything you know so you can you could chase the money till the end of the moon and never be happy but it's about finding that happiness from within and if I can help somebody at midlife recreate their life rediscover it or just discover it for the first time because I think in all reality yes I did I I was unconsciously incompetent in my own life I was sort of happily so just bobbling along in a relationship that I didn't obviously wasn't right for me in the life that just happened around me which I think all too easily does happen and then suddenly you think I'm 39 and now what and what do I do next and where do I go and because I've been down that well traveled that path recreated my life do what I do then I, I feel that I'm in a good place to help people do exactly exactly the same or it, but in in the way that they want to do it that fits in with their life so they are 
very fulfilled because actually, you know, as we're moving into that, that, that second part of our, let's say we've got 100 years, you know, that second, that second 50, um, you know, you want it to be healthy, don't you? You want it to be full of well-being. And it, actually, if you're doing things that are out of alignment, your health is going to be impeded as well. And it's going to bring about health, you know, let's say you want to be as healthy as possible. So, yeah. I always encourage sort of activities and yoga and meditation and journaling, <laughs> just enjoying life and seeing the positives, really. You can hear a real uh, positive approach to life that, that you have, Sarah, and how that's paid off for you in terms of recreating, you know, starting your, your life again and managing to do that in a positive way. But many of our listeners are working with people in the criminal justice system, system who've often ended up with their lives on hold due to actions earlier on in their life. Do you have any insights on how to cope with a life that might be full of regrets for the past? Well, yeah, it was interesting. That is, that's an interesting concept. But I kind of think, well, in many respects, my life was also on hold because I wasn't living my life. And I think it's not to look at what's gone. It's about being in the present moment, because every day is the first day of the rest of our lives. We, we, we don't know when we walk out the door today, whether we'll be walking out that door tomorrow. But, you know, we OK, so we might have made some wrong turnings in the past. But you, regret is, is like it's, it's we're coming back to that reframing, you know, regret. I, you know, I could say, well, shall I regret? Or, no, there's no point. All of my life up to this point has has generated learning. And that's what I would always say is rather than looking at regret, reframe it as learning. You can acknowledge and accept and understand and learn from all of the stuff that's gone before. But dragging it with you isn't going to serve you moving forward because actually I always like to liken it to all your old clothing would you actually carry all the old clothes that you've had since childhood with you every single day in in, in boxes behind you the shoes that you've grown out of the, the trousers that you've made holes in would you actually literally have those in boxes hang on a minute I would be, I'll be with you in a couple of hours I just need to get the boxes ready you wouldn't would you so let go just let go you know it's acceptance if you know Whatever part of your life, it's, it's happened, it's done. You can't change it, but you can change how you feel about it. It comes down to behaviour again. It's, 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 yeah, viewing it from a different perspective. It's acceptance, perspective and energy. So accepting that has happened. You've, you've done your time or whatever it is that's happened, it's happened. Where are you now? What do you want to do? Have a bigger picture to work towards think positively what what can you take from that learning how can you make a new life for yourself what is it you want to do because everything's possible if you really want to do something you but it's finding something that sparks you up something you're passionate about find something that really gets you excited makes your heart sing and makes you want to leap out of bed makes you make wants to make a difference you know it could be something that's, something that's going to be fulfill your potentials live your life on purpose do something with your life you know I mean that's why with my podcast I love about that it's sort of bringing hopefully enlightenment to people across the globe with people's different people's stories you know so yeah I think coming back to your cartography experience I suppose that there's that metaphor isn't there about um you know in terms of thinking about maps driving and that actually it's really important that we have a rear view mirror so that we can see what mm. what we might be leaving behind um but if you spend all your time looking in the mirror you're not going to be you're not going to see the road that's ahead of you and be able to make the right the right choices 
so Sarah, you seem a very very positive person, as, as we've said, and you've created a podcast around this, which is called Harnessing Happiness. And I'd encourage listeners to check it out if you want to hear inspirational stories about ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I think one of the ones I listened to was a, a woman who had turned 50 and had run, run, I think, 50 marathons in 63 days and was planning to run 96 in, in 60 days, which is, you know, sounds like an absolutely phenomenal achievement. <laughs> If you could distill the knowledge you've gleaned from and, and in Australia as well, where it's warm. Yes, she's so, planning to run across the whole of Australia. Yeah, mad, mad crazy woman. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm trying to get one of my friends on as well. And she's walked the North Pole and the South Pole. She was in the Guinness Book of Records. It's like, Faye, you're mad, crazy woman. <laughs> yeah. So if you could distill the knowledge you've gleaned from hosting your podcast over the last uh, is it 15 to 18 months, what yeah. advice would you give to others? Wow. Well, I mean, do you know what? I've, I've met and interviewed and spoken to so many inspiring people, including yourself, Naomi, of course. We've had a wonderful episode. Thank you. Thank you very much. But I think, you know, all the stories, there's a, there's a theme that, that runs through it. That's that, you know, you can live your life on your terms. You can bring about the changes that you want to bring about if you've got to that point. But don't leave it to the point where so many people have got to where, you know, adversity's kicked in, you know, that health has been impeded, you know, and it, it's got to the point where the people have broken down to get to the, wake up, stop doing what you're doing. Don't overwork. Do not go so far. It becomes an overdone strength. Because let's face it, even if you've got something that you're really, really passionate about, if you're not careful, it can become an overdone strength and you're putting too much into it and you're not doing any self-care. So that, again, is one of the learnings. It's self-care. It's taking that time out. I I recorded an episode with somebody this week and it hasn't been aired yet. And she was saying one of the things that she's learned through burnout is now that if she if she's feeling that sense of coming on, it's like, right, no, I need to. Right. I'm going to get the timer. I'm going to go walk away from tech. You know, you can get the sort of the um, cooking timers, can't you? 40 minutes. I'm taking myself away, away from the computer, away from the phone, away from everything. 40 minutes, time out to do whatever I feel that it need, I need to do, whether it's be journaling, sitting quiet, meditating, doing a bit of colouring, whatever it is, just stopping to, to reset. And then after that pinger goes, then doing something again to break state. She said it could be music, it could be something that she's putting on to sort of shake it all out, perhaps a bit, you know, shamanic shaking or something, you know, just to, again, re, re, or jumping in the car, she said, but to re-energise herself after that time out just to shift where she was getting to. I think, you know, from what she was saying, she'd had bouts of sort of depression that led to one thing to another and she's through all of that, but she recognises those triggers. And so then she gives herself, I say, that time out and knows that when the bell goes, <laughs> that's it, that's it. So it is, it's about learning and using tools and techniques that work for you, recognising them, using on a regular basis, having that self-care, taking that time out, whether it whether it's spiritual or whether it's otherwise you know but looking after yourself getting out in nature that's another big one you know nature meditation journaling um listening to your body tuning in those I think those are all the things that are kind of coming through but also that you can rebuild your life whether you've lost everything in a fire whether you've lost lost um your partner like overnight I did an episode with um Sarah and she uh, suddenly she put the kids to bed and suddenly her husband sadly just dropped dead age 42 I think he was you know and it's like you know what's what next but she has rebuilt her life and she's doing amazing things and that's really pushed oh, all tingly that's pushed her into her 
studies and psychology studies and doing what she's she's doing and now it, it brings about change so those are the things that are really come through from all of the episodes that is that we we can change we can bring if you want to do it if you are driven if you are passionate and it is about tapping into what drives you and it's understanding what drives you and working with that so those are the kind of things I think have come through predominantly through all of the sessions that people are doing what they love doing and what they're passionate about and it might have taken them to midlife to get to that point um not very many people that necessarily get it straight away because as we've said you know you're sort of very much influenced by family members parents school teachers and what have you people everybody who thinks they know what's right for you but actually and at the end of the day you know what's right for you and some people might just have that from the off you know I want to be a this that and the other and they're driven by it but uh, yeah it's I think that's the, the underlying thing is that you you can achieve whatever it is you want to achieve but you've got to believe in it and be passionate about it and uh, find joy in it as well enjoy it Sarah Naylor thank you very much you are very well to get the chance to speak with you no thank you thank you so much thank you for having me on thanks a lot Sarah great to meet you thank you thank you